This is a podcast from the Business Times. And it's that time of the year again. No, not that one. Time of the year to look forward. No sense hanging on to the past of uncertain conditions and thinning margins, etc. So what's the outlook for investing in property in 2024? Welcome to Money Hacks, a podcast series by The Business Times, where we explore useful financial tips to help you on your money-managing and wealth-growing journey. I'm Howie Lim. And we get expert help from Benny Ong from iQuadrant, Paul Tostevin and Alan Chong from Savills, and Lee Naitia from Property Guru. 2024 will be a transformative year for the Asia-Pacific real estate market, as investors focus more on diversification of their asset classes. That's one sentiment that's been floated around. But we love our property here in Singapore, right? What if I don't want to diversify? Here's Lee Naitia, Head of Real Estate Intelligence, Data and Software Solutions, Property Guru Group, with his assessment of how the global property market is looking for the investor in 2024. First is with the latest cooling measures, there are fewer foreign buyers in the core central region. So the demand really has fallen quite significantly because usually that area attracts most of the foreign buyers, maybe accounting for about 30 to 40%. But what it means to investors is there's less competition. Prices are going to be more stable you will not see that kind of rapid price appreciation we've seen in the past few years. Start looking around in that area for opportunities. We do see that the price increase for that segment has been rather slow compared to other areas like the rest of central region or outside central region. Recent price launches for these areas have breached the $2,000 mark and is still climbing due to various reasons like inflationary pressures, also a much wealthier population that we have. In the core central region, things are still a bit slower because you know there are not many supply in that area and that helps. So for really investors with a keen eye, you know, one a safe asset. That is really a lot of opportunities there. Global investment volumes this year were down 50%, putting total volumes back to sort of 2013 levels. Looking ahead, we've got a bit more clarity on the economic investment outlook as well. The IMF has recently declared the odds of a soft landing have risen and consensus forecasts are kind of expecting this too. And, you know, really all eyes are going to be on the central banks and the trajectory of interest rates. And we might start to see those first broader cuts as that peak inflation is behind us starting of the US. And all that means more certainty for investors that will support a pivot in investment activity. Head of Savile's World Research, Paul Tostevin, also expects to see a recovery to the long-term trend investment volumes in the third quarter of next year. What about the Singapore market? Here's Alan Chong, who's Head of Research Singapore at Savile's. I would say resilient prices. Being resilient doesn't mean that it will rise by leaps and bounds, but one that is pretty flat for 224 and very location and project-specific. Now, for the new sale, it's very location specific and projects that are launched in areas that have not seen a plethora of previous launches. 
is expected to do well because the area had not been sucked dry of potential buying demand from previous projects. So market has recharged and they should be able to see good healthy take-up rates in the first weekend of launch. In the resale market, it will be, again, very project-specific depending on the price on the absolute quantum level. And for investors, it will be what is the likely gross yield that I will get for buying that project. Ultimately, because the market doesn't have that broad-based upside push in 2024, and because it is price-wise likely to remain flat, you will see that above the uh, mean level, there'll be those projects that are very project-specific, location-specific, unique selling features, and then those that underperform will be those that have been not really in uh, particularly exciting areas and don't have that extra push to make it to the average price levels. Looks like the real estate market still presents opportunities for wealth building. But where? Ben Yong is the co-founder of financial education firm iQuadrant, who acknowledges the high interest rate environment. We are facing a soft market condition whereby you see a lot of transactions are slowing down, which conversely present a very good opportunity because the speculation of property price dropping is not how I see the market going. Property price will continue to stay due to strong demand. However, negotiation rooms start to open up. So I do see a giant gap opening up in a resale real estate space. And I think if people were to make the move in 2024, they will stand for a very strong capital gain. Most people are looking at a new launch perspective because of its marketing and its hype around it, the queues and all. But the underlooked market is actually the resale private condominium market and the EC market. For the EC market, it presents a huge price gap from private property that's going on right now. And for that price gap, it forces a lot of people to go to buy something way more affordable, say it's the EC versus private condo. With such huge demand driving to EC, you're going to see a very strong steady growth over the next 5 to 10 years, even though at such a economy climate. Secondly, for freehold condominium, the price have hit an all-time stability low because of the rise in new launch. And based on just price comparison alone, more demand will drive there. So you're in a very good spot to negotiate to buy. And I think that will stand a stronger chance for healthy growth. Remember a time when we'd asked the question, where can we get something nice for $1 million? I'm not sure we can still ask that now, thanks to inflation. Maybe the question should be, can we get anything nice with $1 million anymore? Well, nice is a very subjective statement, right? That's true, that's true. (laughs) If you're referring to a nice profit, I'm sure there are plenty of opportunities still in Singapore because of the influx of immigration and the demand of the growth, right? So property growth remains steady. But if you're looking at a very nice home, I would say that $2 million can buy you a really nice penthouse in C, not in the city area, but it kind of will look cool. You're part of a condo. So you still can get it in Singapore. It's still a good country, very well managed, a very affordable price based on talent. Wow. Thanks, Benny. Way to kill the dream. It's going to be tough, very, very difficult. And that's why we see that a lot of people pivoting to HDB flats. This is the reason why we see that the demand for $1 million flats never really come down. There may be units in the market that is $1 million, but there are a lot of caveats to it. The condition may be bad. There may need a lot of refurbishment. 
a lot of investment just to make the place look nice again. Even if one can find a 1 million private residential home in the market, one has to be very careful about what they are buying. It could be that the lease is very short and you cannot get financing. So you have to pay a lot upfront using cash. You know, if you see something, the price is very low, be careful of whether there are other conditions attached to it. This is probably true also in landed homes. People, their budget is probably between three to four million. But to be honest, in this market now, at three to four million, it's not going to be an easy task. Recently, we see a spike in demand for cluster housing. It's one type of landed homes where you know it's still a gated community. But those homes generally don't fetch a very high demand in the past. The price appreciation potential is not that high, but it's quite nice to live in. Now, the problem is the entry price is low. But if one is looking for investment potential, that the upside, they may go in with a root shock later because they realize the price movement may go sideways over time because the future demand may not be there. There's always this thing that if it's too cheap, you have to be aware of it. Definitely, there are still $1 million homes in the private sector. It's just that one has to look at it very carefully. You too, Nigeria. But I guess it does go back to the adage, if it's too cheap, you should beware. Still to come, does property even have a place in one's investment portfolio in 2024? And why? More in a moment. Senior correspondent Ben Paul shares his analysis and insight on market trends and corporate issues in Mark to Market every second Monday of the month with your trusted partner for financial information. Go to bt.sg podcasts to download. And now, back to Money Hacks from the Business Times. Property, property everywhere, but what can we afford? And does investing in property still make sense? Does it have a place in our portfolios in 2024? Here's Paul Tostevin from Savills. Absolutely. Property is a key means of portfolio diversification. It's that secure income stream with scope for capital growth as well. We've done some work on valuing total value of real estate, and it's by our estimates worth 380 trillion US dollars, which is actually more than global debt and equities combined. So it matters. And obviously, a lot of us own our homes and that, that in itself makes us investors. Yeah, the thing to watch out for is those higher rates, certainly at the time when money in the bank looks appealing. So it's, it's about positioning now for those future returns which also kind of means tapping into those broader trends. So positioning around the growth of e-commerce, for example, particularly in in Asia, where parts of the region are still earlier on that e-commerce curve. Education, another really interesting one, you know, a trend that doesn't go away. Student housing, for example, in, in different global markets, particularly where local residential markets are constrained. So absolutely, I think property still has a place. Paul's colleague from Savile, Singapore, Alan Chong, agrees. Definitely. Real estate is always part of anybody's portfolio anywhere in this world, short of a war-torn country. Well, HTV markets, yes, you can always get a million dollars because those one million dollar HTV flats, although they seem quite numerable, but they are not the average. Over time, you'll find that the HTV resale prices in particularly any locations that have not seen a million dollar transaction, suddenly you see one or two cropping up in far-flung areas. For a private side of the equation, you still can get something for less than a million dollars starting from July this year to date. 
Well, there were 662, I think, transactions that were priced below a million. But of course, the average size is about 600 square feet. And the average price for those priced below a million is approximately 860,000 or so to 880,000. You can get something for less than a million. Definitely still possible. Just that it is very likely that you will buy it for investment since it's a very small unit. It's not that all properties here are priced over a million on the private end of the scale. Definitely it has. If we look at properties, generally it forms quite a big chunk of one's investment portfolio because of its quantum and also because housing could be an investment asset. A lot of times it's also one that uses it for consumption. So definitely it still is a very good asset to hold and from historical evidence or empirics, we do see that the prices tends to have very strong resilience against inflation, against uncertainties. Ultimately, to me, it's still my biggest placement because I think a lot of Singaporeans respect safetyness and the predictability of getting to retirement versus risking their money. So based on the Singaporean kiasu and safe approach, right, real estate plays a very big role in portfolio investing. All right, so all our experts are for it. Keeping property investing as part of one's portfolio in 2024. So what should we look out for? Ask oneself about what are the opportunities in terms of the future development of this area. Now, we know generally the residential market is definitely going to be cyclical. There will be times that prices come down and the signs are that we are going to a very uncertain time. So much geopolitical events, tensions ongoing and that may shift the needle either way. We need to have a very good understanding of where are the future developments are and how it's aligned to the macro trends. First, we are facing an aging population. Accessibility is going to be key. Proximity to MRT station, to shopping malls, these are going to be key. So a lot of attention will be on integrated developments. The second part is value not how much it costs, but really relative to the cost of investment. So within that $2 million, for instance, is this the best value that they can get for that $2 million in terms of space, in terms of accessibility? There are many options in the market and sometimes we are swayed by our own personal preferences. They may stay in the eastern side of Singapore and they may have certain preferences, certain bias towards places in the east but that will sway their biases and slant certain USP to that particular place so they tend to make investment decisions with their own personal preference mixed for investors they should look at that place look at that area even though they may not like to stay there that area could be very good for investment. For instance, like Barrowwood, Little India, Chinatown. Some people may feel that it may not be the ideal place that they want. But if you look at the pricing and look at the rental yield, it's actually a very attractive place to be in. As investor, they have to look at things in a very rational way and keep their personal preference from their decision making. Geez, Naitya, $2 million is the comfortable price point? Ugh. And it looks like it's still all about location, location, location. For residential property, I mean. Here's Alan from Savills. So it's a good deal for luxury segment properties in the resale market. 
outside of the luxury segment, don't look at particular location, look at yields. Trawl through the databases and look for projects with the highest rental yields. So long as the underlying lease is still like 80 years left or even like 75, I think it's still good investment because you can still recoup all your capital over a longer period of time. Years ago, we were very big proponent of buying into B1 industrial property. The wave to me has slowed down and gone purely because it's priced in, it's way more expensive right now. The market in Singapore still remain very healthily in the residential space. So I'll say to a lot of Singaporeans who are considering to upgrade, do accept the new pricing now because at any time of the year when you're considering buying property, it's always will be seen as expensive, right? But you just have to accept that this is the new norm and know that steadily it is in the right direction that property will still grow well in Singapore and it's cushioned by many cooling measures. So I do see it as a very safe investment move in Singapore residential. Benny from iQuadrant agrees. What about globally? Here's Paul Tostevin from Savills. We have seen real appreciation. There is still opportunity. There is potential for that 1 million price point. Dubai is quite compelling. It's seen significant price growth. Prime prices in the city are up 19% in the, the last 12 months or so. And values are back above their 2014 peak. But there's still room for growth in that market. It's very appealing to a broad international demand base. Other locations, Europe, Spain, want to watch. It's proved resilient. Prime supply is limited in cities such as Madrid and Barcelona. And don't forget the big global cities. London is still compelling. Asia more broadly, Australia, prices have continued to rise, even as we've seen interest rates spike. Places like Perth. Australia, an interesting market. Thanks to Paul Tostevin and Alan Chong from Savills, Lee Naitia from Property Guru Group, and Benny Yong from iQuadrant. Till next time, I'm Howie Lim. This has been Money Hacks from the Business Times. This is a podcast by the Business Times. Find more BT podcasts at businesstimes.com.sg slash podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.